show. Obviously, you're not a golfer. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken! Fuck that shit! Pops, food, ribbon! You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. Money, 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 money! I drink your milkshake! I drink it up! Son of a bitch. Stole mine. You're a cantaloupe. <laughs> Welcome back, WTM Watch This Movie. I am your host, Eric Mulder. Eric? He is a bad, bad man. Still using that one, huh? Yeah, yeah. Haven't, uh, I don't want to pull the trigger on the other one yet. <laughs> Waiting for 100 or something? <laughs> I don't know. I said I was going to, you know, have the new one at episode 75, but I don't know. I am I have some reservations about it. It's a, it's a pretty good one. Jones, I could get a kick out of it, but. That's neither here nor there. I'm joined today by Mr. Wolfie T. Wait for the wolf who should be coming directly. You send in the wolf? Pow! <laughs> pop, pop. <laughs> At least you got the full clip today. Yeah. Cut it well, off last time. I don't know what happened last time, but uh, you shorted me. Well, I think I might have hit the uh, cancel button. Because I thought maybe I hit the wrong one or something like that. You were hitting the wrong one a lot last time. Yeah, I guess. Four times in one podcast is a lot. It was like twice. T- no, it was only like once. It was, you caught it the second time. <laughs> well, it's not four. <laughs> it was pretty close. <laughs> Either way, today we're continuing our exploration of black exploitation, and today's film is Dolomite. That's right, motherfuckers. Oh wait, should eh, I'll wait to play the clip? <laughs> But, I don't know, it's kind of like, how do you start out an episode talking about Dolomite? Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. It's an amazing movie. So it's so influential. Where did you first hear about Dolomite? Probably the first I heard of it was uh, back in the 90s. Mad TV used to do skits about the son of Dolomite. Okay. And so that's probably the first place I saw it, but it didn't really, like, register with me um so it was it was basically aries spears was dolomite but he wasn't dolomite dolomite he was the son of dolomite Mm -hmm. and most of the skits revolved around other characters trying to uh steal his pimp cane or they stole his pimp cane and dolomite had to go get it back and usually ended up with meet me at the warehouse eight o'clock in Pasadena. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. And then later you'd hear it in rap lyrics, like uh, Nothing But a G Thing is probably the, the most obvious one. Uh, Pimping hoes and clocking a grip like my name is Dolomite was uh, one of Snoop Dogg's lines in that. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm guessing I saw a couple of those sketches as well. I mean, I watched Matt TV in the 90s, but... I'm sure it didn't register at the time. Yeah. Because I pretty much heard about Dolomite through you. Yeah. And then... <laughs> like uh, a year ago. Yeah. 
like I, I can't remember. I'm sure I've heard of it, like other places, just offhand, or you know, in other rap songs being referenced. And then, uh, what a few months ago, sometime last year, uh, Turner Classic Movies uh, ran it on one of their TCM Underground Saturday Night things, mm-hmm. and uh, so I finally got to see it, and it was fantastic. Yeah, the TCM has kind of turned into, like, the new L-Ray network. Yeah, TCM has some, uh, like, you, you would think of TCM and you think of these, like, really prestigious, like, Oscar bait movies or, mm-hmm. like, really old stuff from the 40s and 50s and 30s, you know, black and white. and But, like, Saturday nights, they'll, they'll come out with, like, garbage movies. Like, uh, Would you say it's no holds barred on Saturday nights? <laughs> The, the the movie's not quite as classic. <laughs> it's not quite classic enough yet. But uh yeah, a lot of a lot of Saturday nights like they'll show, you know, black exploitation movies or sci fi or, you know, a bunch of like more underground it is called T C M underground when they do it, but they uh they do show more like low budget uh you know, B movie type things like Dolmite. There's a couple other ones uh, that I actually saw on there. I think Superfly I recorded and watched off of there. But yeah, they have they have a lot of that stuff, um, which is a little surprising. But based on that, I actually went out and I I found uh, an eight disc DVD set called the uh, Dolomite uh, the Total Experience, which is uh, it was it was like twenty five bucks or something like that off of Amazon. So it's got Dolmite, it's got the sequel, which is The Human Tornado, which is fantastic also. There's a movie called Petey Wheatstraw, The Devil's Son-in-Law, which was pretty good also. The Disco Godfather, which I haven't watched yet, but it's got to be good. It's got Rudy <laughs> Ray Moore as The Disco Godfather. And then there's a couple of Rudy Ray Moore stand-up specials, and then some, I think there's a Dolmite uh, documentary and then uh, one or two more recent Dolomite type movies, um, but I haven't I haven't gotten through all those yet. But yeah, I, w- I would definitely recommend you uh, you go check them out. Let's talk about the star of Dolomite, Rudy Ray Moore. Let's give a little more background. A lot of this is from Wikipedia, uh, but I mean he was born in Arkansas, moved to Cleveland, then Milwaukee. He eventually joined the army and served in an entertainment unit in Germany. He was nicknamed the Harlem Hillbilly for singing country songs in R&B style. And he developed an interest in comedy in the army after expanding on a singing performance for other servicemen. Because black back then, if you're black, you're automatically from Harlem, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good old prejudice of the <laughs> '60s here. Then again, that's how the 50s. Harlem Globetrotters got started. In Chicago. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that R&B country kind of bit he did, and that kind of led to his interest in comedy. And he started doing more stand-up in uh, the 60s. Uh, well, actually, it says his first comedy album came out in 1959 called Below the Belt. Uh, the beatnik scene is 62, and a comedian is born in 64. And his comedy is uh, not for the youngsters. 
Yeah, probably not. <laughs> it's, it's quite blue. Yes, it was more reflective of his environment or maybe growing up, what he saw, what he heard about. Very, very profane and uh, lots of sexual references. That there is. Um, kind of the late 60s, apparently the character like Dolomite is like his alter ego that he would perform at stand-up events. Yeah. Um, clubs and apparently he got that idea for dolomite from a homeless man who used to or i guess from the neighborhood who used to make these toasts that would be that would rhyme and you know have kind of a joke in it and it would reference some mythical urban hero or legend called dolomite it's a really more like that and he kind of made it his own made it his alter ego and started performing as Dolomite at clubs and doing comedy albums. And it basically consists of just rhyming, you call them, would you say limericks? Is that what you call those? I, I think so. I think that's what, what you might be able to call it. Um, yeah, basically everything he says rhymes. Like all, all of the things he says rhyme with the next line and then on and on. The punchlines usually says like motherfucker this, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, punchlines usually like the end of the second or fourth line, yeah. depending on like how long of a setup the joke is. Yeah, because there's usually like it tells like one story for a few minutes or five minutes, but each line is every two lines there's a joke or every four or maybe yeah. even eight. But it's always on an even number yes. to rhyme. So he doesn't do one-liners. He does, uh, like, a lot of two-liners. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, when he's uh, in, in uh, the Dolomite and the Human Tornado, he's actually a performer in the movie. And so when he's performing, he'll go and do, like, a full, you know, what, like, 32 lines or something like that. Like, he'll do a whole, like, five-minute set that is one one story where every line is a, is a rhyming line rhymes with the line uh, in front of it. Yeah. I'm going to talk a little bit more about maybe his influence on the music. There's a quote here from Snoop Dogg talking about how Rudy Ray Moore is a major influence on a lot of rap stars. Snoop Dogg said without Rudy Ray Moore, there would be no Snoop Dogg. And that's for real. <laughs> Moore also appeared on Big Daddy Kane's 1990 album, Taste of Chocolate and Two Life Crew's 94 album, Back at Your Ass for the 9-4. <laughs> An episode of Martin titled The Players Come Home, he appeared as himself in the Dolomite character. He also reprised his Dolomite character in appearance on Snoop Dogg's 99 album, No Limit Top Dog, and Busta Rhymes When Disaster Strikes, and Genesis. So maybe you can uh, talk a little more about the music and its references. Well... Uh... First, let's also mention he appeared as Dolmite in the ICP movie Big Money Hustlers, <laughs> yeah. which is it is mentioned later here, which is fantastic. It's it's available on YouTube for free, so you don't have to pay for it, but I'd recommend it. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I I recently discovered that the old Dirty Bastards music video for. Baby, you got your money. It's basically just all clips from the movie Dolmite. <laughs> and I know I had seen it before, and I, I think I just assumed it was parody. It was like a parody of Black Exploitation. 
And now, after I've seen Dolmite, I realize it's not a parody. He just straight up took scenes from the movie, and uh, <laughs> there's a couple of parts where he put his face in there. He superimposed his face over the creeper. But, uh, yeah, it's just straight up Dolmite. Um, so, if you want to see that, the music, the song is great, you know? <laughs> You know, you might as well check out that music video, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could see where, like, Snoop Dogg and other people might say he was a major influence. I can see how those rhyming limericks would translate into rap music. Yeah. And I think Snoop Dogg, his style is really kind of similar to Dolomites as far as rhyming and how he puts his uh, lyrics together. I, I think you could uh, see the influence there. Mm-hmm. Certainly, a lot of rappers like that. They will have like rhyme and like almost like punchlines yeah. with the rhymes, kind of like Eminem, maybe. Yeah. And I know uh, Dr. Dre's Chronic album, uh, or Kanye as well. I'd yeah. say probably. There's uh, there's a few different sound clips from Rudy Ray Moore. I I heard uh, "Fuck with Dre Day" the other day, and I I didn't realize before that towards the end of it, there's uh, there's a clip from Rudy Ray Moore. And then uh, at the beginning of the song, "These Nuts, they have a clip of uh, Rudy Ray Moore uh, doing a bit that he does. And it's, uh, you know, he's, he says, I got this girl in my room and she says, uh, hey, uh, hey, daddy, what if uh, if I had some nuts on the wall, would those be walnuts? I said, hell yeah. <laughs> and she says, well, if I had some nuts in my chest, would those be chestnuts? And I said, yeah. Well, if I had some nuts on my chin, would those be chin nuts? Hell no, bitch. You'd have a dick in your mouth. <laughs> and then uh, then it gets into the song, you know. And that's from, what was it? Which uh, movie is that from? Or that's is that from, just for? That's from the Dr. Dre song, D's Nuts. They play it after uh, the uh, the prank phone call where uh, uh, the guy's asking the girl, like, did, uh, did, what's his name get out to, her, uh, to you last week? Who? These nuts. <laughs> so they get yeah, like the two, two intros on the song, and then they get into it. Mm. Um, and the the one is Rudy Ray Moore. Yeah, I find um, I didn't really know about Rudy Ray Moore before, obviously diving into Dolomite, but I could see where he was a major influence in comedy, film, and music in the yeah. '60s and '70s and into the '80s. Oh yeah. yeah, even like even in the '90s and uh, and beyond, you know, he's still influencing mm-hmm. a lot of those early rappers, and they influence the younger rappers, and you know, it goes on and on. I mean, he kind of went from underground cult hero to almost like mainstream. Yeah, um, or at least mainstream. I wouldn't say icon, but he's an icon, just not maybe a mainstream icon. But more people are learning about him and not just people in the black community yeah so highly recommend checking him out yes um I f- yeah i find his his writing pretty pretty damn clever and uh pretty fucking funny too so let's get to dolomite the movie dolomite from 1975 uh, Dolomite is a pimp who is set up by Willie Green and the cops who have planted drugs, stolen furs, and guns in his trunk and got him sentenced to 20 years in jail. One day, 
Queen Bee and a warden plan to get him out of jail and get Willie Green and Mitchell busted for what they did to him. However, Dolomite is no stupid man, has a lot of warriors backing him, such as his call girls, who are karate experts, and lots more. Directed by Durville Martin. How do you say that name? Uh, I believe it's Durville. Durville? Okay. D apostrophe U R V I L L E. Durville. And he also plays Willie Green in the film. Rudy Ray Moore is, of course, do- uh, Dolomite. Jerry Jones, uh, Cowboys owner, plays Blakely. <laughs> no, he looks know. way different. You can tell he's had a lot of work done. <laughs> uh, yeah, he plays Blakely. Uh, yeah, not not Cowboys owner, Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones also wrote the screenplay. Okay. Uh, Lady Reed is Queen Bee. Brenda DeLong is... There's a bunch of Dolomite girls. You don't girls. need to go through yeah. the Dolomite girls. But... Because there's a whole bunch of them. But I wanted to single out the hamburger pimp. Where's the hamburger pimp? Uh, the creeper is uh, Venus Rackstraw. Okay. Yep, I see it here. So, yeah, that uh, we don't have a, a long plot summary to go through. That's pretty much all that's available on IMDb and Wikipedia. It's a very short, truncated versions. Did you know Mitchell was uh, played by John Kerry? <laughs> Got John Kerry, Jerry Jones, a lot of weird people in here. Man, I love ketchup. (laughs) If you love it so much, why don't you marry it? Maybe I will. (laughs) Maybe I will. Sorry, that's from the the cartoon Little Bush. That was uh, little John Kerry loved ketchup. (laughs) And little George Bush says, maybe you should marry it. (laughs) Maybe I will. It was one of the funniest things from that show. But the show overall is pretty funny. All right. Not well, to get too far off topic. No, that's fine. We encourage it sometimes. John Kerry. It's a different John Kerry, by the way. <laughs> in case you're wondering if Senator Kerry is in there. All right, let's just start off with maybe our first notes, or maybe you just want to set up the beginning of the movie. So, yeah, it starts off with uh, Dolmites in a jail cell. and. He's already been in jail for two years, but he's like in a holding cell with five other guys. <laughs> and the the warden wants to see him, and he says, "What is that rat suit? Rat suit beat motherfucker want with me?" And so uh, the warden and uh, Queen Bee are in his office, and Dolmite comes in, and uh, the warden says, "We got, you know, we got some high stakes for you." And uh, so he he basically. Uh, says, uh, since you were arrested, the, the drug and gun uh, traffic in your neighborhood has just skyrocketed. So obviously it wasn't you who was doing it. And they're selling drugs and uh, ki- uh, guns to school children every day. And Dolomite's cousin, little Jimmy, got shot. <laughs> and uh, so he offers to let Dolomite out on the condition that he... Uh, helps them uh, capture and arrest Willie Green. Which kind of doesn't make any sense. Because it's like, he's saying he's innocent because this guy framed me. He's okay, we'll let you out, and you just go prove it. Yeah. <laughs> and the only people that know are the warden, Queen Bee, the mayor, and one CIA agent to be named later. <laughs> <laughs> or we can just call him Whitey. Because that's what he is. The CIA agent? Isn't the CIA agent the white guy? No. 
Which one am I thinking of? Is the I, white is the white guy the uh, not the mayor, but the the other white guy that's always hassling him? Is that just a regular cop? That was Mitchell. Okay, so that's Mitchell. Yeah. So Mitchell. Uh, so they do a flashback while they're in Dolmite uh, or in the warden's office, and it's a flashback of Dolmite uh, getting arrested, and it's uh, it's pretty well acted. Yeah, it's. <laughs> There's a funny video on YouTube called "How Not to Edit," like hyphen Dolomite. Yeah, it's like a six-minute video, and it basically goes over that. It's the warden scene, and then right after the flashback, yeah, when it's you know he steps out of his house, he's going to his car, and there's a cop, and like, hey, there's you know. like three or four FBI or policemen, and he's like, uh, you know, I'm not showing you what's in my trunk. And then they walk over to the trunk, and he's he's like, oh, where's your warrant? And the guy shows him his badge. He's like, this is my badge. This is my warrant. I don't need one. And then uh, Dolmite pops his trunk, and it's full of a bunch of stolen fur coats and cocaine. And they're like, oh, yeah, we got them now. And uh, He goes, I don't know how those got there. <laughs> they aren't mine. <laughs> he's like, and they're like, Dolmite, you're under arrest. And he goes, you're going to have to take me and then he starts kicking ass and he throws one guy in the trunk and the other guys get kicked in the chest and he busts out karate moves and he whoops a lot of ass in this movie he's just a karate expert they do eventually overpower him here and arrest him but they they do get him cuffed and arrested and then uh they reveal that mitchell was there and willie green is sitting in the back seat of his car and uh he's like all right boss we got him you know so Mm -hmm. uh so obviously uh mitchell is on the take yep and yeah there's just a lot of long awkward pauses in the, i mean throughout the whole movie yeah. but there's a really good example of it and it's like he asks him to pop the trunk like four times and he's like no i'm not gonna do it and he's like do it no and then he's they get he walks over to the trunk <laughs> yeah. like he's gonna pop it and he goes no <laughs> pop the trunk okay and then he pops the truck it's like you're gonna have to take me there's all these long pauses and like no cutting in the editing this movie's only i think 90 minutes but if it was edited properly it'd be about 65 minutes 70 minutes (laughs) that's true and then they so they cut back to the warden's office and then he tells them little jimmy got shot and then they cut to a scene of little jimmy get shot on the street yeah, and they also, uh, I thought it was funny, the, the warden's like, he takes out a cigarette and then he tries to light a match. It takes him like five <laughs> times to light the match. <laughs> like, he can't light it. And he gives the cigarette to Dolmite and he offers to light it and Dolmite's, no, never mind. Yeah, and I was I wrote that down. I was like, is he ever going to light that cigarette? Because he just sits there forever yeah. just holding it. And everyone else is smoking. It's like, why did you take it? <laughs> and right after that is when we're introduced to... Well, the opening credits, but it features another theme song. Yep. Just like in Coffee. And uh, I think I'll play that right now. Some folks say that Willie Green was the baddest motherfucker the world ever seen. But I want you to hold on to your seat. Hold on to them tight. Because you now get ready to see the story of me. Yes, me. The badass. Oh, he's bad. Mm-hmm. The man is out of sight. Mm-hmm. He's a tough dog, y'all. 
Yeah, I didn't want to do the whole song because it's a little longer. But yeah. most yeah. of the opening credits are—it's uh, that song over scenes of Dolomite fucking and fighting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just like coffee, they're those theme songs pretty much catch you up to speed. I mean, this is at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. But it's still giving you background to the story of Willie Green was a bad motherfucker. Yeah. So it provides background story and then just like it's just like the King George intro. It's just like we're just gonna tell you about King George for five minutes yeah. exposition, but we're gonna do it in a song. It's a good way to do it. Yeah. If you're gonna do exposition, make it uh, musical. <laughs> yeah. It's all you young filmmakers out there. Um, so then so then uh, Dolmite uh, gets picked up uh, outside the jail uh, next, doesn't he? By his uh, ladies. Yep, and he uh, he's really glad they brought his clothes because I don't want to wear this shit. Because <laughs> it was his clothes, right, that they, he went in there with. I don't. They must have given him a suit or something. But it was like a, a decent looking suit. But it wasn't Dolmite. But yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't fly enough. I think it was pretty much, it was mostly all white. So it wasn't a lot of color. Yeah. I like the... Uh, his lady's trying to give him some boxer shorts. He's like, you know I don't wear cotton draws. <laughs> <laughs> he throws it in her face. His uh, loyal army of prostitutes. Um, but he, he gets fully undressed outside the, the, the prison, just right outside the gate. And then he puts his pimp suit on. And then he throws the suit at the, the guard. He's like, take this motherfucker and burn it. <laughs> Or something like that. And then the guard's like, you'll be back. You'll be wearing this again. Yeah. So uh, next, I think, is when we're introduced to Joe Blow. Well, I think you're jumping ahead. On the way uh, to the Queen Bee's place, he's... Uh, I think at Queen Bee's place is when they talk about it. But Right. But on the way there, he uh, he's getting busy in the back seat with two of his ladies. That he does. And then uh, there's, a, there's a car with four goons that show up. And start uh, tailing them. And so uh, Dolmite uh, hatches a plan. He says, give me my piece and drop me off up here. And Because uh, they, they had gone around a corner. Yeah. There's a bunch of there's trees. There's like a little grove area. So like people coming around the corner couldn't see that the cop had, or the car had stopped and Dolomite had gotten out. Which is weird because the car was like right on their bumper the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. He t- had time to stop, get out walk ahead and then they pulled the car up a little bit and then and, you can finally see the car like coming around the corner yeah. and so uh the dudes stop and they start looking in the car like give us dolmite give us dolmite and they're like he ain't in here you, you know look for yourself and he's like oh man she's right she, he's not in there and the dolmite just pops out and just starts shooting him he's got a fucking where like, is he breathing down your neck <laughs> He had like an AK or something, and he just starts unloading on these guys. And then there's one guy left alive, and he's like, dance, motherfucker, dance! And he starts shooting at his feet. And then he just puts like ten rounds in his chest. Yeah, that was pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> and then they get in the car and drive away. Yeah, um... So Dolmite, he has no problem killing motherfuckers. Uh, he's a... He's a badass. Um... So then they go to Queen Bee's house, and Queen Bee's getting them up to speed. They had to sell the club to Willie Green. The girls had to start selling pussy on the street. And uh, and then uh, we, we get to where you were, uh, were just uh, mentioned. Yeah, Joe Blow. Um, cause she, Queen Bee's talking about 
how his uh, his women have been trained, yeah. Dolomites women, correct, and training karate and yeah. stuff like that. And uh, she tells the story of a guy named Joe Blow, who was a client of the brothel. Yeah. And uh, he was trying to leave without paying. I have a little clip from that. She tells you, uh, again, how women are treated in here. I noticed that the warden told you that you'd be alone. But Dolomite, you ain't never been alone. When you were doing your time, I put your girls through karate school. And they are good, too. I remember one time a trick came in here and tried to misuse us. What happened to my hundred dollars, Joe? Nigga, did you take my money? <laughs> That's right, little bitch. I took it back. You ain't worth no hundred dollars. I am Joe Blow, the lover man. You should be paying me, bitch. Give me my money, man. Shit, what money? Should I get cut like you all day, a dime a dozen, shit. Here, here's two dollars. Go get you some dish powder and keep it clean for me next time. And he whipped his ass. He's in the hospital yet with his ass in a sling. <laughs> He's still in the hospital. Yeah, like the dialogue in this movie is just fucking ridiculous. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's low budget. It's poor acting, you know, by, you know, mostly newer actors, people who don't yeah. do it usually. People with little experience. Yeah. So, I mean, you expect bad acting and things like that, but like the dialogue, the way it's written, like I can't even fathom like hearing a conversation like that. Just a guy talking to a woman like that. Even, I mean, doesn't matter if she's a prostitute, just, just the way he says it is so like... <laughs> I'm Joe Blow, the, the lover lo- man. It is. Like, why are you, at, you giving yourself <laughs> titles and names? Joe Blow is a big fat guy, by the way. He's he's probably 250, 270 pounds. Like, he just says everything so cavalier, just like, bitch. It's like, dang, Jesus. There's $2. Get some douche powder. Keep it, keep it clean for me next time, bitch. It's like, God. And then, <laughs> and then everything's... You know, equal in the universe again when he gets his ass whooped. Yeah. <laughs> it's great about these movies is still got his ass in a sling. Who's ever in power? You know, I mean, black exploitation. You know, a lot of times maybe white people are obviously in power and they're the villains. But there's yeah. also plenty of black villains like Willie yeah. Green in here. Yeah. And uh, this guy Joe Blow. <laughs> Joe Blow. That uh, whenever they kind of when women come up and overcome or if it's men going against whitey it's pretty uh i guess pretty rewarding to watch <laughs> to see everyone get their comeuppance yeah except you don't get to see joe blow get his ass swooped on screen it's uh it's just, you gotta take queen b's word for it yeah that was a little strange i thought they were gonna like show him just getting his ass worked but i'll take queen b's word for it so <laughs> she seems pretty reputable and you mentioned the uh, the love scene in the uh, back of the limo, the yeah. sex scene. Well, there's numerous sex scenes. That one in the limo is probably probably the tamest. Tamest and well, although he's he's got two women all over him and they're they're taking their clothes off in the back of the limo. Yeah, I mean they're all technically they're all kind of tame because a lot of them like especially one in the middle in particular I'm thinking of. Yeah, where it just kind of edits out yeah. the sex scene it starts with like him like she's naked but kind of like 
kind of covered and he slides under the covers and they kind of kiss yeah and he kind of leans in and then it cuts to like him like ah uh, <laughs> like relaxing like move like rolling over yeah and like they're done and i'm like okay and that's fine but like these sex scenes are so awkward yeah like obviously there's awkward dialogue but it's just like like dolmite's supposed to be the sex machine and he's smooth with the ladies he's just kind of doughy and a little bit overweight and he's a little bit older at that point too and it's i I think they do it for laughs but yeah and the i mean his chemistry with the ladies in bed like it doesn't look like i mean you could tell that yeah i mean her character at least wants to have sex with him it's not like it's a rape or anything like that but they're so awkward and even like how they kiss and like they it looks like they don't even know what to do and he talks to these women the way he talks to everybody else just yeah just rhyming and (laughs) swearing at her (laughs) hey it's not discrimination if you treat everyone that way (laughs) right He's not looking down upon women. He's just, he looks down upon everyone, I think. (laughs) That's just how he is. There's that great quote on uh, Full Metal Jacket from uh, Arlie Ermey when he's talking about he doesn't discriminate. He doesn't look down upon. And then he names like every racial slur for every, (laughs) every race. Yeah. Like it's ever been like thought of. And he's like, to me, you are all equally worthless. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it was on IFC the other night. Oh, I was yeah. watching a little bit. Uh, back to the story. Um, I think the, uh, the next scene is when he's accosted by, would it be Mitchell and the other like cop again? Yeah, I don't know what the other cop's name was. He wasn't named in the credits on IMDb, so I, I don't know who he is. Mm. But, so uh, it's Mitchell and that, but they're both two white cops. Yeah, so Mitchell and this other guy come up, and they... they uh, hassle dolmite in the the parking lot and dolmite's just trying to get somewhere and he goes man move over and let me pass for they have to be pulling these hush puppies out your motherfucking ass (laughs) (laughs) great another great limerick yeah (laughs) and uh so they uh they do they handcuff him i can't remember but they they try to plant some drugs on him yeah, and he well he doesn't because he doesn't get out of the handcuffs, so they don't th- actually handcuff him. I think they uh, they planted the drugs on him, or they they pulled it out like a like a magician, or like somebody pulling a quarter out from behind your ear. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, oh my god, look at this! Look at you got a whole bag of cocaine. And but then, it was still like he had put it back in his pocket before he was going to plant it. And I think they were uh, they were just kind of like, here's a warning: watch yourself. Because mm-hmm. they both turn around, and then Dolmite just, like, fucking drop kicks them in the back. Yeah. <laughs> and he whoops their ass. Yeah. And they're both laying on the ground, and then he reaches into the one guy's pocket, pulls the Coke back out, and just sprinkles it. <laughs> he, <laughs> sprinkles. Just, he just starts pouring cocaine on him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Chappelle's show. He'll sprinkle some crack on him. Well, that wasn't from the show. That was from his stand-up. The, yeah. But, but uh, the the... The uh, editing uh, and directing on the the fight is uh, pretty outstanding because you can see that he misses his kicks by like six to twelve inches every time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's pretty hilarious. And it's probably one of the worst in the movie, um, as far as being able to see how fake the fights are. Mm-hmm. 
And actually, there's a there's a part in the scene where they're doing close-ups on all the characters, and like Mitchell's there, and he's got the microphone coming up from the bottom of the screen right in his face. The big boom mic. You, right in his face. you can see like six inches of the boom mic coming up from the bottom of the screen, like he's being interviewed for like a TV news uh, segment or something like that. And the uh, we just talk about the boom mics now. There's a lot of boom mics. In yeah. shots in this movie. There's at least three, I think, counting this one. Uh, karate Studio. The Karate Studio is like a 10-minute scene, and there's a boom mic in the entire scene. <laughs> Even on, like, the camera changes? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was... A <laughs> I was actually reading at IMDb that uh, apparently uh, when they cut it for the DVD and VHS release, they changed the aspect ratio... Which is why the boom mics are more visible. Um, so when they released it originally in the widescreen, they weren't. But for whatever reason, they went to the the four by three for the home video release, and uh, for whatever reason, they started showing more of the top and the bottom of the screen. So there's more boom mic to see, but still, like how close they were to the characters. You had to be able to see them no matter what aspect ratio yeah. it was cut in. Well, the copy you borrowed me is widescreen. I don't think it is. I think maybe it's... mine just stretched it. Maybe you might have just stretched it. Oh, I don't. I think my TV did. Might be automatic settings type of thing. Yeah. But yeah, because I could see. I mean, obviously, you get more picture with widescreen, but yeah, also. But it's it sounded from the the IMDb the goof they made it sound like when they did the widescreen they they uh, letterbox it and cut off the okay. top and the bottom of the screen and then when they went to four by three they removed the letterbox from the top and bottom and then they letterboxed from the sides yeah i'm guessing what they did was is probably filmed it four by three yeah and then released it and widescreen, so that stuff was cut out. That could be. And it. then it went back to four three. So I mean, but this was, this was kind of before like beta and VHS. Yeah, seventy five. So they, they didn't do the the home video until the the eighties mm-hmm. at the earliest. Either way, some of them are like right on the like in the karate scene and the, at least the first part, the boom mic's like right in the center of the top of the screen. So yeah, like, and it's some like, of them you could see like. No, this was in there the whole time. Like, especially one that comes from the bottom left corner. Yeah. Like, the first few seconds, it's, like, way out there. And then you can see him <laughs> kind of, like, pull it back real quick. But it's still, like, in the shot. And it's it's so close to the characters' uh, heads and faces. Like, there's no way they could cut that out. <laughs> like, I don't care how much you cut out. Like, you're going to cut out half of his face just so the boom mic's not in there? Yeah, there's definitely some, some framing problems in the movie, but... It's to be expected with the shoestring budget. I have a feeling some of it was intentional, too. Yeah. And, like, watching movies like Black Dynamite, I think they really, they parody a lot more of the technical aspects yeah. of the black exploitation films. Like, with Dolomite, with, I mean, Coffee, we didn't see boom mics. I mean, the acting wasn't great, but it was definitely better. Yeah. Dialogue was a little better. Um, te- I mean, you could tell it was on film, at least. And it was... And Coffee Decent was a, a much more serious movie than Dolmite. Yeah. Dolmite is more of a 
a comedy. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, coffee's more revenge and she Pam Greer's not cracking jokes the whole movie. <laughs> That's true. Alright, where were we at next here? You just sprinkle the Coke on the on the on the cops. Um, I have a quote here that I wrote down because I think the hamburger pimp scene is next. I I can't remember. I th- I think they might do the hamburger pimp scene at the hamburger stand and then they cut to the two cops at church and then they go back to a Dolomite meeting with the hamburger pimp. I had a quote here from Dolomite. Um, I think it was right before that scene when he says something is sweeter than bear meat. Is that what he said? I didn't get that one. I don't bear meat. I was like, bear meat? Is bear meat sweet or something? I don't know. I haven't had bear meat before. So. Because <laughs> I was like, okay, well, what even what rhymes with bear? That would, like, maybe if I just didn't hear it right because the audio is crappy. Yeah. I'm like, bear, bear, bear. I'd, to, I'd something to go, meat. I'd have to go back and rewatch it to hear what he said. All right. Folks at home, how does bear meat taste? <laughs> Hashtag bear meat sweet. Hashtag bear meat gamey. So, yeah, do you want to get into the hamburger pimp or? Well, do you want to talk about the church uh, and then we'll go? Yeah, you can talk about the church, actually. So he goes to the the two dirty cops pull up at this church and uh, the, the preacher is giving the sermon and it's all about the evils of white people and mm-hmm. how we got to. You know, uh, I don't know what he's talking about, but uh, he he starts talking about it, oh, blah blah blah, motherfucker, and then the two cops walking like mothers are the most wonderful people in the world, <laughs> <laughs> and he totally changes his tone as soon as some white people walk in, and uh, so they're grilling this preacher about where's Dolmite, and he says I don't know, I haven't seen him, and then they find out uh, they they find the minister's. Uh, stash of uh illegal guns uh and they're like well you know if you see dolmite let us know uh so they kind of they kind of blackmail him into being an informant and telling him where dolmite is in exchange for not bringing him in for the guns that he, he's stashing and the ladies he's having <laughs> in the back which we see a little bit later yeah a little bit later scene so basically uh cokehead i think is what the hamburger pimp's supposed to be it's called creeper slash hamburger pimp yeah so uh, they call him the creeper um he's a funny voice he's a dope fiend because i think he goes and shoots heroin later okay um but he's got uh he's got some uh information for dolomites i forget exactly what it was but uh oh yeah he knows who killed jimmy that's what it was um but my favorite line of his was uh, Dolmite's talking to him, and then he goes, uh, "Man, I'm so bad, I whoop my own ass twice a day." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so he, they get in the car, they drive to the creeper's pad, and uh, he immediately, as soon as they get there, he starts shooting up, and uh, <laughs> some dudes just, just come in, and so, some dudes just come in and start shooting, and they kill the creeper, and then Dolmite kills those guys. And then uh, Mitchell and his partner are there to arrest Dolmite for murder. Yeah, a lot of my my next notes are, <laughs> what the fuck is Hamburger Pimp saying? Because you can't <laughs> understand about half of what he's saying. 
and uh movie just needs editing because <laughs> like i said before this movie well i mean for comedic effect it's it's perfect yeah but yeah if you were just gonna make like an actually a movie that's edited well it'd be about a half hour shorter um because we've been talking for about 45 minutes now and we're only 30 minutes into the movie <laughs> according to my time signatures on my notes <laughs> Because 31 minutes in, he's doing stand-up in the parking lot. Yeah. That's when he does his, um, probably from his stand-up act in real life, Rudy Moore's, uh, he tells a story about the Titanic. Yeah, some dude bets another guy $5 that he isn't the real Dolmite, and so he's got to do his act to prove him wrong. And he's like, oh, I only do it in the clubs. I'm not used to doing it out here. And, yeah. you know, we don't have money for going to the club and <laughs> shit like that. So he does, it's like a... Probably like a three-minute joke or story or four-minute. At least. And it's about the Titanic and some guy who works down in the uh, boiler room of the Titanic. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. Yeah, we would have had more clips for this movie, but the audio is quality is not great. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I've recorded the whole Titanic story, and you can hear certain parts pretty well. There's others that are like you miss words, and it totally throws you for a loop. Yeah, it's it's uh, that's one of the the worst scenes for the audio quality in the whole movie because they didn't get the boom mic close enough because they're outside <laughs> they're playing music over it and, and there's, there's guys laughing there's like 12 guys around him laughing and the boom mic's nowhere to be seen <laughs> so obviously they didn't get a good uh and he's like 15 feet like in front of the camera so yeah and the camera is like a wide shot to get everybody in there mm-hmm. so it's pretty far away and uh obviously they didn't do any dubbing in post obviously they didn't do a lot in post all right let's let's try and speed up the story a little bit here for just a half hour in my next line is or my next note is dolmite gets bailed out of jail and fucks a girl named pinky that's right because what does he get brought in again for murder oh that's right the uh for killing the dudes that killed the creeper yeah they're like you're not getting away from this one dolmite you're going down Yep. And then, yeah, it's more or less like, yeah, you're all on bond, you know. <laughs> Not like you're a danger. Like, wouldn't the cops, since nobody's, everybody's out of the loop about him being out of jail. So we'd yeah. be like, did you escape? You got a 20-year sentence two years ago, and you're here again yeah. on a murder charge. Let's let you out. You got priors. <laughs> you have priors that are technically supposed to be in jail for currently. But no, we'll let you out. It's like 500 bucks. Somebody's coming, <laughs> bails him out. Um, and then is he pretty much just brought to the karate studio from there? Well, he goes to the club uh, that Willie took over from uh, Queen Bee while he was in jail. And he uh, and they're having dancer auditions while he comes in. But he goes in the back office, starts cutting up the carpet, and he pulls out his stash of money. And it's $50,000, and he goes out in the club, and he throws it on the table, and he says, uh, there's Willie Green's money. You tell him he's got 24 hours to get out of here, and 23 of them is up. <laughs> that was a pretty good line. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then he goes to the karate studio, watches his girls uh, practice, and uh, through that whole scene, there's just fucking boom mics everywhere. Yeah. And uh, he, I have a clip from there. When he addresses the girls at the end of the lesson, after yep. he's done observing with Queen Bee, here's a little dolomite. 
Girls, we're going to give one of the damnedest parties this city has ever seen. Queen Bee is going to send out invitations to all of our friends and associates from all over the country. And I'm going to let them know that Dolomite is back on the scene. I'm going to let them know that Dolomite is my name and fucking up motherfuckers is my game. He said to sneak another rhyme in there. Yep. Good he rhymes to everyone he talks to. <laughs> Good invite his associates. Yeah, associates. Um, right after that, it cuts to... The mayor's having a party. Well, well, the mayor, I thought he looked like just like a greasy Paul Giamatti. Didn't he look like that to you? A little bit. <laughs> smaller. much, uh, Quite a bit smaller. Well, G- G- Giamatti's not too big either. <laughs> well... Yeah, he, he wasn't. Was, as, the mayor was old, dude. He was. Uh, he was a little squirrelier, but he's still, you know, overweight a little bit. And yeah. Regardless, but, but, uh, but he's having a party and he's celebrating, and Willie Green shows up, and uh, bitching about Dolomite taking over the club. Willie Green won't take no for an answer because the butler doesn't want to let him in, <laughs> and the mayor's a little pissed. Like, don't don't come to my house. <laughs> But the mayor reveals he's the one that bailed out Dolmite from jail because he can't kill Dolmite when he's in jail. Of course not. So, it would make too much sense. Because he was one of the, the people who was in on the uh, on Dolmite getting released from jail to go after Willie Green. Yep. Uh, Next we get to... If Dolmite goes to the church to visit the reverend. Okay, yeah, what does he say to the reverend there? Because right after that is pretty much when the cops come and catch the reverend with the lady in bed. Yeah. Um, which they kind of blackmail him. Because was like, how are they blackmailing him? Just because he's a reverend? He's not like a Catholic priest. Oh, yeah. they. Uh, the Dolomite. Uh, or maybe it's out of wedlock, so that would like ruin his reputation yeah. or something. So the reverend uh, tells Dolomite how they're bringing the drugs in to town. And they're coming in through the fish uh, imports. <laughs> so Dolmite's got to go down to the uh, the docks and cut open the fish and finds the cocaine there. So then we get to cops catching the reverend, kind of blackmailing him. And then it goes to the scene back at the club. Willie Green shows up. Yeah. And uh, Dolmite's doing his act. Mm-hmm. He's back in business. So he's doing a, a story called The Signifying Monkey. Yeah, something like that. It's about like a llama that steps on a monkey's feet. And like this monkey's getting his ass beat all day and then it kind of switches. Yeah. It's a story it's, about animals in the jungle. Yeah, he, he tells it much better than we could. Well, yeah. It's, I, <laughs> I'm going to go into it. It's also like five minutes long. <laughs> yeah. But it's another one of those, it's it's uh, like a poem almost, you know, it's, mm-hmm. he, he's rhyming all the time and tells his story and uh, the crowd loves it. Mm-hmm. Except for Willie Green. Willie Green's kind of an asshole. So yeah, he goes over and has a little sit down with him in the club. Mm-hmm. Willie Green's trying to, you know, hey, let's, you know, I don't, you owe me more than the 50,000. There's interest. You owe me another 100,000. But I'll forget that if, you know, you agree to that we're partners on this, you handle the, what, the entertainment, I'll handle the business. Is that what it was? I think so. Yeah. 
you handle the girls and the entertainment. I'll handle the business side. And uh, Dolomite promptly says, fuck you, in the least. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't leave. He just walks away. Yeah. And Willie Green's guys just start shooting everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dolomite's girls start kicking some ass. That they do. They are just mopping the floor with these goons. And then we get to, is this when the shootout kind of starts? Yeah. Because Queen B gets shot in the crossfire. So I wrote, I was like, no, not Queen B. <laughs> but then, like, that's not referenced. Like, so she's just dead? I honestly don't remember what happened to Queen B. Because it seems like she got, like, shot, like, once, like, in the crossfire. She kind of keels over a little bit, but they don't. It's not like uh, Dolomite has a big, you know, like, a, almost like a crying moment or yeah. something. Like, oh, they took, they got Queen B. I'm going to get them, those motherfuckers. I can't, nothing like that. I can't remember if she's in the sequel or not. She, I, I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what happened to her, honestly. I forgot. Because I wrote that down. I was just like, so is she just dead or not? But I don't remember seeing her again. The next thing I wrote down is uh, Dolmite rips Willie's guts out. Yeah, that was a little awkward. I wasn't sure. And it's like, is he, at first I thought maybe he was going to try and like rip his heart out or something like yeah. that. And like, it would be funny and like him showing it to him or something like Dumb yeah. and Dumber. But uh, yeah, it was just kind of like he gutted him a little bit yeah he somehow just like puts his hand in his stomach and then all of a sudden there's guts hanging out yeah because there was like a camera shot while he's the guy's laying on the ground on his back and like he has some like guts on his stomach yeah and then the uh the cia agent shows up uh the one that was to be revealed later who was in on it he comes in and he shoots willie and he's like what's on me now so uh dolmite scot free he didn't uh he can't be charged with killing willie because the uh the cia agent shot him and he's the one that killed him technically <laughs> it's not what you know it's what you can prove <laughs> so yeah after that that's pretty much that's about it um well after that dolmite's in the hospital yeah and uh, Mitchell and uh, his goons show up. Because he catches one. That was one thing that was I was confused about, like, how Dolomite was shot. Because it's weird because he, he guts that guy and he has, like, blood. And then it seems like he's wiping the blood off on his shirt. And then later it shows that he's trying to cover up, like, a bullet wound on his chest. I think he got shot before he went to that dressing room. Because I think he had some blood on his arm before Willie showed up. Yeah, and the, the sound effects are pretty great, too, when he has that one guy against the wall and he's crossing him left, right, left, <laughs> right. It's like, dum, dum, dum. <laughs> so, yeah. bizarre sounds. So, yeah, these goons show up to kill Dolmite in the hospital and they hatch this plan and they uh, they ambush the guys and Dolmite just fucking kills them all. And then Mitchell shows up and he gets arrested. Him and his partner get arrested. And then that that's about that. That's about that? Yeah. <laughs> I noticed in the uh, the credits at the end, they had a special thanks for the Chuck Norris Karate School. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I was asking, like, that's what that is? I was like, what does that mean? Like, that's that? That's that. That's all, folks. <laughs> all right. I just want a little clarification. And uh, credits. <laughs> and credits. Yeah, special, there isn't. Special thanks, Chuck Norris Karate School. <laughs> 
I wonder if that was like uh like his commercial dojo type of thing where he just had like a karate training center that they Could filmed be. at, maybe? When did he start getting into movies? Was he in movies by that point? Uh not many. I mean the movies I mean I could look it up right now, but all the movies that he was popular for were in the eighties. Because he was probably doing, he did one or two Bruce Lee movies, didn't he? I'm sure he did. Because he was here. probably just starting to get into doing like uh, fight choreo- uh, choreography or. Uh... He only has 42 acting credits, which is bizarre. Well, he's been selling that total gym for about 20 years. Yeah, it says uh, his first film was The Wrecking Crew in 68, an uncredited role. Just a man in the house of seven joys, whatever the fuck that is. And then he's in the way of the dragon. So Bruce Lee uh, is Colt. So actually has a name there. Um, yeah, that's that's one of the Bruce Lee movies I haven't seen. Way of the dragon. Um, let's see, Breaker Breaker in '77. I'm just going over like some more well-known ones, I guess. The Octagon in 1980. Force Vengeance '82. Lone Wolf McCade '83. Missing in Action '84. And then Invasion USA 85, Code of Silence 85, and all the rest of the missing in actions. And He's only got three credits for fight choreographer. Hmm. Breaker Breaker, Black Tigers, and the Octagon. Yeah. 77, 78, and 80. Which is kind of surprising. I thought he would do more of that stuff. Yeah, maybe. So we finally got to the credits. Anything else you want to add from the story maybe that we missed or overlooked? A couple lines maybe you wanted to single out? I think we covered most of it. Um, I would say uh, if you see We didn't, we didn't go the ghost line. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> was that was he talking to the hamburger pimp when he said that? No, that was I somebody else, wasn't it? I can't remember who he was talking to, but it's a ghost. If you ever see a ghost, cut the motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he was in the karate studio or something. I, I want to say it might have been in the church because he was. Uh, he was pretty about the Holy freaked Ghost? out in the church, and then uh, they had the uh, the three caskets set up, and two were open, and one was closed. And I think uh, it might have been uh, the girl he was with said, uh, "What are what are there ghosts in here or something?" And ghost, if you see a ghost, cut the motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Cut the motherfucker. But yeah, if you've seen Dolmite, uh, you should definitely check out The Human Tornado. Because it's a continuation of the story. Well, it's a new story, but it, it's still it's a, more it's Dolmite. It's a sequel, right? It's the same character. Yeah, it's Dolmite. Uh, there's a fantastic fight scene where he takes out about 30 guys and he like puts his karate moves on all of them. It's pretty insane. What about the uh, 2002 movie is that just another sequel is that this is that rudy ray moore i haven't seen it yet um i have it in the total experience I say by the way rudy ray moore did die in 2008 so he's not with us anymore but so yeah. 2002 would have been he would have been i think in his mid-70s by then i know there's one that's a sequel and that or not a sequel but a documentary um and then there's one that might be like an unofficial sequel um, I'd have to actually watch the, the movies that came with the collection. I haven't gotten through of them yet, but I'll get to them eventually. Yeah, it says uh, The Return of Dolomite 
was released in 02 and was later renamed The Dolomite Explosion for DVD release. Then a quasi-sequel, Shaolin Dolomite, starring Rudy Ray Moore as Monk, R- Monk Rudy, Rudy, yeah, Monk Rudy, uh, was released in 99. So that looks like kind of like a spinoff. I don't think I have that one. I don't think that one came in the collection. Yeah. Well, that's also Shaolin Dol- Dolomite. It's a little different. But he's doing Kung Fu and all the other ones, so <laughs> it's not that different, I guess. He's a it's probably martial just, arts master. Yeah, it's probably just less hose. Or maybe he just has a bunch of, you know, Asian prostitutes maybe, or probably. something. Probably. That's probably what it is. Very culturally sensitive. Yeah, I'm sure. And again, he was in Big Money Hustlers. <laughs> yeah, I can't forget the Juggalo movie. Actually, he, he played the ghost of Dolmite in Big Money Hustlers. Okay. Uh, even though he wasn't dead. Yeah, seeing this movie, I was pretty pretty impressed with Rudy Ray Moore. Just learning about him and watching the movie, obviously, it was... It was a lot of fun, obviously. I mean, it's not, yeah, it's not edited well. There's not good dialogue. It's not good acting. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But that's why it's fun. Yeah. And you can tell they don't take it too seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, they're trying to make a movie, but it's 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 pretty lighthearted and a lot of, a lot of you know, fun. Yeah, the, what I kind of related to, I guess, in my head, at least, is uh, Boogie Nights. Um, I know you haven't seen it yet, but there's movies within the movie because it's about the porn industry in the late 70s early 80s and uh um, mark Wahlberg and john c Riley um start these porn films these low budget porns uh where their names are brock landers and chest rockwell and they're like private eyes or like detectives that you know just they have these like loose stories with terrible acting terrible special effects and fighting mm. But, you know, the big sex scenes, obviously, graphic sex scenes. But then, you know, it's around like a story. And in that movie, you kind of learn to love those characters and even those the terrible movies they made because, at least in the movie, those characters, I mean, Mark Wahlberg's character in the movie, they're they're very dedicated to it. They're like, we just yeah. want to make like story. We want to make fun stories and help people with marriages. And like, that's what they think yeah. the porn industry is doing is helping people with marriages and entertainment and it's high art and um things like that so i mean i could see that people that made this movie i mean just because it's obviously not technically sound yeah it's it's something that you can tell there was passion in it there was innovativeness there was mm-hmm. um, a lot of well very creative uh and you could tell they were dedicated to it and and it was something they wanted to entertain. It's like there's nothing wrong with wanting yeah. to entertain people. And obviously, like we said earlier, very influential. You know, it's inspired a whole generation of rappers, actors, comedians, you know, and it lives on today. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I saw the budget was like 100000 and I saw the box office was $12 million. Now, I don't know if that's with, you know, second, third, or like, you know, releases after the first release you know subsequent releases yeah. out in theaters like maybe they brought up i'm sure they bring it back certain times mm-hmm. but 12 million for that is fucking nuts yeah especially if it's a lot of that came from in the 70s from a low budget movie like that that's pretty big that's quite the profit margin yeah and i'm guessing um i mean i never saw this growing up i born in 86 but i mean and yeah. i didn't have a lot of channels until Mm, I was a teenager, probably. Right. But, I mean, obviously this wasn't on 
you know, mainstream television, but it must have been on some in like the bigger cities. It had to have been on some lower like cable or maybe UHF networks in the eighties and nineties because people saw this. It was like a cult thing. Yeah. I mean, people would probably trade around, you know, VHS tapes or beta tapes of it. Mm-hmm. People that had it, but I'm sure I know they showed it on TV too. And it it might be one of those things where they'd show it like midnight screenings in the you know inner city you know theaters where there's a uh large black community because that's kind of the the target audience mm-hmm. um and that kind of explains why there's a lot of influence in the hip-hop community because you know a lot of them come from the inner city and you know they're influenced by that type of uh movies and entertainment mm-hmm. um so yeah i found uh just the whole Rudy Moore thing, pretty fascinating how it came from stand-up, well, first the Army and stand-up, and uh, acting, producing. He kind of just did it all. Yeah. So, yeah, go out and uh, learn a little bit about Rudy Moore. That's He's a pretty fascinating guy. And these movies are quite a bit of fun. Yep. And like I said, there's an eight DVD set that I got. It was less than $30. So... I mean, it's worth it. Yeah, you like exploitation movies? Mm, you'll like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, anything else you want to add about Dolomite or Rudy Moore? No, I think we covered most of it. I think we dominated it? I think so. God, I hope so. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that'll about do it. Reach out to us. Follow us on Twitter watch this underscore movie you can email us at watch this movie at yahoo.com go to our website wtm watch this movie.com uh check out you know well, we have our full catalog of episodes on there whole archive please we would prefer you'd rate and review us on itunes or stitcher if you're a stitcher listener that would be a great help to us but yes if you don't use any of those services you can download from the website or just listen from the website and uh, we also have our new discover movies page that's being constructed right now you can go take a look as of now um, just suggesting lesser known films that are at least i think really good that you might want to check out um, there's only about five or six entries on there right now but by the end of the week there will be more and we're just going to keep on adding and adding and adding so it'll be a big thing later on uh, other than that we will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you off my case.